Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years in the markets. Hi, everyone. So the podcast follows a simple format, which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news and then analysing how that affects the markets. This week, we're looking at Flutter Entertainment, Warren Buffett and Expedia. But before that, Henry, how's your week been in the world of trading? Well, the week has been, uh, been up and down massively. Uh, if you're someone who's trading in stocks, it's been, it's been okay. It's been very, very steady over the last week. But the big mover of the last week has been the likes of the crypto assets of Bitcoin. That's been a huge mover over the last week. So if you're someone who's trading on the crypto assets, you've been doing very, very well this week. Cryptos is one of those divisive uh, asset classes, isn't it? Uh, a lot of people love them. Other people are uh, a bit more cautious, should we say, about them. What's the news that's been headlines to affect the prices so much? Well, it, it, it massively varies. It varies between analyst to analyst. They hugely, they hugely vary. Now, one of the big things with um, crypto is it's generally supply and demand by members of the public or investment houses that are buying it. One of the big events coming up on the 12th of May is the Bitcoin halving, which means that generally, as a, as a general, if you look at the halvings previously, that the markets have actually taken a nice rally afterwards. Yeah, I think you've also got to be a little bit cautious, though, because often the halving effect is actually factored in pre the specific date. So that's just one for people to, uh, why are you shaking your head? No, so I'm saying, yeah, it's like, that is, that's, that's, that, absolutely, absolutely. Is right. As a trader, that is, that is something we never, we never generally get in on news the day the news is released. We try to get in a couple of days beforehand and using analyst reports, try to predict what's going to happen. But what happens then with general members of the public, they go, oh, the halving happened yesterday. Look, the trend is up and now they jump in uh, and, that's, and that's it. So with, with unlike the other asset classes, this is massively supply and demand um, with, the, with the crypto assets. So if we have enough of members of the public and Joe Soaps and investment firms that jump in on it, this could rally this. You could see this hitting the 10,000 mark again. And even some analysts are reckoning that it'll hit the 20,000. But it's a long way to go before it hits any of those. Okay, well, cracking on to the first topic in the news that we're going to be talking about, which is all about Flutter Entertainment. So Flutter are actually the owners of Betfair and Paddy Power, and they've seen one of the best performing shares in the FTSE 100 this last week. And this basically follows their acquisition news of Skybet, who owns Star Group. How are they performing so well? As, a, as someone who actually loves sport and watches sports and, and would get entertained by any sport even if it was two flies walking up the wall then, um, <laughs> the, the thing about this is, is this is this is probably a very very simple uh, simple answer is that all these gaming companies they don't have one revenue stream they have multiple as in they have roulette they have online poker they, they have slot machines they have loads of those and what happens then is that Everyone's sitting at home because of COVID-19. There's only so much going out and running around you can do in that hour that you're allowed out of the house. And it's one of these things that people are, are sitting down. Uh, myself, I was over the weekend there sitting down with my mates. We actually, it was 20 of us online and we actually were playing poker 
uh, and had a Zoom call there going. So it's something to do. It passes a couple of hours. And, and what people are doing is jumping in online, spending a little bit of money because let's be honest, if you put 20 or 10 quid into one of these online betting is that you're probably going to save that on your commute to and from work. Uh, and that's the way a lot of people are looking at now is they're, they're not gambling addicts. They're not people that they just have nothing better to do, Dylan. So and that's, <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're jumping online and it's, it's reflecting on their, their stock prices. Now, the thing that strikes me with gambling companies, having watched many years of the Premier League, is just their impact on front of shirt sponsorships at the moment. Every team seems to have a gambling company. It just strikes that there's far too many companies who are all doing the same thing. So can you see in the near future some of these companies actually acquiring more of their competitors, as we're seeing with Futter Entertainment pairing? Firstly, they had Paddy Power and Betfair coming together, and now with this additional company coming into their uh, parent group? Well, the thing about this is, Dylan, is if you want to expand, isn't it the easiest way to expand is to buy a competitor up that's in that country already? So, for instance, we have the deal there with, with Flutter. Now, it's going into the U.S. market. In the U.S., is a relaxing their, their gambling laws, which means it's making it much easier for the likes of the Paddy Powers, the Betfairs, all of those going into that country. So if you acquire a company that's already there, it means then you're going to save millions. And if we, if we look at this particular merger, by going into the US, they are estimated to save 140 million on costings per year doing that. And that's why the stocks in Flutter have actually risen by 20% over the last couple of days. Now, just to put that into perspective, in the last month, they've had 100% growth, which is phenomenal movement in the market. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that, can you? Jesus. <laughs> no, and, and, that's, and that's just by buying up one of your competitors or releasing the news that you're potentially expanding into another country. And put it into this perspective there, Dylan, is that Flutter, it's going into America with their 11 states, which have now relaxed the laws. They have another seven in the pipeline. So this is huge to Flutter if they, if they get on and push on from where they are now. Yeah, I find it amazing how, I guess, sports betting is only just being legalized in the States on, a, on a, literally a state-by-state -state basis. At the same time when across Europe, governments are talking about banning advertising of gambling in the same way that they ban tobacco advertising. So it'd be interesting to see if there is this kind of ban on advertising across Europe, what sort of effect that will have. Okay, well, that's all about betting and Flutter Entertainment. So we'll move on to topic two now, which is Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett is probably considered the greatest investor um, and he's making headlines following a Berkshire Hathaway, which is his company um, recent meeting where they have announced that they're going to be dumping all of his airline stocks. They used to have large stakes in the likes of American Airlines, United, Delta, Southwest Airlines. And so what do you think about this move, Henry? Is that sensible? Well, uh, who can I argue with Warren Buffett? Well, what one of the <laughs> one, one of the best investors that has ever has ever walked the planet. Um, but if we look at this as a, a two pronged approach. So you have Warren who is pulling out his billions of pounds out of those companies. So that's going to be a big 
effect on the balance sheet and, and the stock price of that particular. But how many individual investors actually just follow Warren themselves and actually um, invest in the same companies that he does? So it's not only the knock-on effect of Warren pulling his money, is how many individual investors who are also going to pull their money as well. So you have the two aspects there. And then the second one is that coronavirus, where I know I've said it twice or three times already today, but with, with COVID-19, no one is going anywhere. They are grounded. You have a lot of these companies now all um, releasing or letting off staff. Why? Because they just they just can't afford their and you have airlines stopping going into smaller airports. They're cutting down everything. Everything is being cut back at the minute. So do I see any any upside for them at the present moment in time? Not a whole lot. So you're asking me in short, is this a good way or is this a good thing to do? For me, yes. Um, I've also been shorting the, the airlines for the last month and a half. So War, Warren is catching up with me, yes. <laughs> uh, mentioned earlier that he's taken out some of his money. So he's got a lot of cash in the bank at the moment. So uh, in, in March, at the end of March, sorry, they had over $137 billion in, uh, in cash. I mean, that, that's some reserve that Berkshire Hathaway have. Why would he be sitting on so much cash, though, if he's such a good investor? Wouldn't you want to just put it straight into the markets? Because he's been sticking on his mattress and he's been sleeping on it. And because he's been sleeping on it, he's been sleeping soundly through the night. That's that's why. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the the thing about this is we have had a a bit of a bull market on the likes of the NASDAQ and the S&P. Now, not so much on the Dow. So which means that we we have this nice and slow upside on this. We're about about 60% up. Um, from a month ago or to a month and a half ago, from the low of the of the of the drop from the coronavirus. But the problem is, is this this rise is this from investors actually confidence in the market, or is this risen from the U.S. government pumping trillions of pounds of money into the market? And the problem is, is that investors don't have the confidence at the minute. So you are, you're an investor. Now, yeah. are you someone who's confident in the market going up at the minute? For me, you just don't know if it's going up or down anymore. Every day, every hour, it's just a whole new picture if you look at the charts. So yeah, I, I'm a wait and see kind of guy. Yeah, but you're absolutely correct. And that's, and that's the problem is everyone at the minute is a little bit will invest a small amount of money, but the bulk of, of their funds is they're wasting because they're not confident that this, that this rise at the minute is due to, to the market, the market with confidence. It's due to the, the, the trillions of dollars that the governments have pumped into the market, which is, which is great for investors who got into the very bottom. But if you're a savvy investor, do you expect it to drop again? If we continue up to the previous highs of the start of the year, there is a huge level there. That is a massive level of resistance that we're going to hit. Now, in my opinion, that there will be a lot of hedge funds that have huge shorts at that particular moment. So if we do get up to that previous high, which will be a double top, I would expect a pretty decent drop at that particular point. But it could happen long before there. It could happen today or it may not happen. It could it could push through, but I would expect some sort of a, a downturn once we get to the, the previous high of start of the year. Okay, so keep an eye on it, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, well, the third topic um, that we're going to be talking about is Expedia. So that's the online travel company whose stocks fell thirty six percent year to date. 
that's obviously uh, because of all the coronavirus uh, problems, as we've discussed, people not being able to book flights, or if they have booked them, then those flights being cancelled. How much longer can that actually go on, though, for Expedia to lose this much of a share price? See, the, the problem is, is that most of Expedia's um, money coming in is, is from holiday bookings. It's from people coming in. They don't have, they don't have a, a secondary income coming in. So it's basically from people traveling. So are still people start back traveling, Dylan? This is, this is going to continue going. Now, at the present moment, the stocks are down 36%, but, um, which I think is a share price of about $60. At the present moment, there's a massive horizontal level at, at $29. And this could, this could continue dropping to, to that level of $29. It, it, why not? It's the same as the airlines. It's, they're in the very, very same boat there as the, there's, no one, there's no one booking holidays. We're potentially talking about booking holidays in June. The problem is, is that we don't know whether coronavirus is going to come back and have a second wave or whether it's going to continue the way it's going. And that's, and that's the problem with investors. That's investing in companies like this. This is, this is not a company that I will be investing in the, next, in the next month or so. I would have to wait till the country has been released, that we actually, the travel is, is being allowed properly. Some people are talking about vaccines. Will we need to have a vaccine before we go on holiday? This, this could be affected long term. We may not see till the, till the beginning of next year before these, these companies start turning around again. Yeah, you talk about the, um, the airline industry and travel industry, I guess, as a more generic term, being near to the bottom or potentially a little bit further to go. That, that obviously poses that they could be a potentially interesting investment longer term. And so when you're uh, looking at new trades, what, what sort of things should you be keeping an eye out on, on these sorts of companies? biggest factor is is us as people because they they absolutely um thrive on us so if the the mass the mass people let out of lockdown and everyone is now starting to book holidays and go on go on flights or whether people still have the what is it the the, the covid where they're afraid to go out because we're afraid to pick up covid they're they're, they're afraid to go and meet neighbors we're afraid to go in places so it literally depends on us as a group of people what happens with these companies. So if we're minute we're let out of lockdown and everyone starts booking holidays and everyone starts gathering again, then they have upside, massive upside. But like I say, if we come out of lockdown and everyone is still afraid to set foot outside their door, then this could go on for a, quite, a, quite a long time. There is potential, still massive downside on these. And the question is, is, are companies like this going to go bust or will they be able to sit out this time? Will they get help from the government? Will they get help from angel investors? Will they, do they just have enough money in the coffers to sit this out? And that's one of the, the bigger questions. Yeah, what happens with these crashes also is that the smaller players lose out and some of these bigger ones like Expedia actually end up gaining greater market share off the back of it. Bad times at the moment, but is there exciting opportunities in the future for them? Well, we, we have seen we've seen the likes of Flutter, but there's also opportunity for the likes of companies in the same place here where they actually buy up their competitors, which like you've just said, they, they actually gain some more market share, which means it actually works out better for them in the long run. So yes, with this, you will get companies for pennies on the dollar at the present moment. And that's one of the good and bad things that's happening that 
a company that's been bought out, maybe not be doing well at all. But then you have potentially the likes of the bigger companies, the Expedias of the world, then buying up the smaller companies. And that's, that could also be very, very fruitful for the likes of them. But it takes a little bit of a calculated risk doing that at this particular moment in time. Make sure anyone who invests in the likes of the airlines and the likes of the Speedias in the world at the minute is that you're doing a lot of research. You're finding out what their debt balance is. You find out what their share price is, their PE ratio. You're finding out all this sort of stuff fundamentally. And then you're watching the government to find out are they going to give the money backing? Is there someone going to go in and give them money as an angel investor, so on and so forth? So I'm a, I'm a technical trader, so I read the charts. So this here is very, very different in reading the charts because who knows when the bottom is. I find it interesting how you mentioned about Bitcoin um, earlier, potentially going up to 10,000. Now, traditionally, when people talk about cryptos and Bitcoin in particular, they talk of it as very speculative, you know, the big price swings going up and then down, up and then down. And now we're seeing these more traditional companies such as the airline industry, industry oil we've talked about previously. They're having similar price movements and yet it doesn't it doesn't seem to have the same uh kind of newsworthiness as when bitcoin moves why do you think that is it's just down to the sheer volume of stocks how many how many stocks is out there how many um how many how many companies have moved massively throughout the day because stock trading is the most volatile trading out there it's because a stock could move 30 40 percent in a day but the problem is is that there's not many crypto assets out there. So that means once they move, it's very, very easy to talk about a crypto asset. Whereas you talk with an airline company, there could be 50, 60, 70 of them out there. You know what I mean? So there's loads of them out there. And that's the, and that's the problem. It's just sheer volume. Well, with stocks, with the crypto assets, there's only a small amount of them. And um, while we have, what, 13 of them on the platform, it's, you know what I mean? It, it comes down to just the, the volume of them out there. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that. So that's the top three stories so far this week. Talk about different sectors today. Is there anything else that people should be keeping an eye on? Well, for me, not really. It's, it's the one that I'm keeping my eye on at the minute is the crypto. Um, we, have, we have a huge thing coming up there We're in May 12th, which is, which is uh, 10 days away. So that's huge for us. That's the estimated date, isn't it? The 12th of May. That's when they predict that the halving will take place because it's all to do with a certain block being mined, which is when it triggers the halving. Yes. So the estimated. So it's in around, in around the 12th of May. So, but yes, that's the, that's the big thing. But the problem is, is it's moving already potentially because of it. So um, whether we have already missed the boat, whether it'll hit to 10,000 and then just turn around again, because that is a huge level of support or whether this could continue and run and hit the, the all-time high of 20,000. So we'll, we'll stay tuned. This is, this, is, this is exciting times if you're a crypto trader. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for that, Henry. Um, we hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this podcast and we'll be back soon for more market news. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>